Adaptable Project is here to help, educate and inspire Aussie blokes to reclaim their physical and mental strength. This is the Dad Bod Project. The Dad Bod Project. The Dad Bod Project podcast, we're with author, men's coach, and a guy who's been doing a podcast for a very long... He was doing podcasts before podcasts were even cool. It's absolutely a privilege to have Triple Anir on the program all the way from the other side of the world, mate. How are you going? Oh, it's going well. I appreciate you guys getting up so early to have a conversation. I can give you the tip, mate. There are not many cats that I'm setting a 4.30 a.m. alarm for to talk about the new version of masculinity, mate, but you are the one <laughs> because you are a pioneer in this space. And like, and we are already, um, I guess we're quite proud of what we've been able to achieve with the Dead Bod Project here already in Australia. But when it comes to podcasts, mate, we're Johnny come lately, so right? We're, we're new, we're, we're, jump, we're like every other dickhead that's got a podcast now, but you created a podcast right from the get-go around the subject of helping men. Why did this become your thing? Well, where do we start? <laughs> you know, the, that, the conversation around helping men, it was such a, a weird thing at the time. I was heavily into personal growth, heavily into spiritual growth, but it was all in the shadows. You know, if you went into the bookstore, because at the time you went to bookstores, if you wanted to look for any content, it was all geared towards women. I mean, Oprah was still big at that time and there was nothing out there for men. But nonetheless, you have a few beers with a guy and, you know, at least the people that I was talking to, it was kind of like, yeah, well, you know, I got this thing going on or whatever. You start to get underneath the surface and there was a lot more going on. I had just gone through uh, a big major shift in my life about how I, my, what my values were, the, what the type of work I wanted to do in the world. I'd gone through a really dark period, having to deal with some grief of some things that happened in my early childhood. And it was like, Jesus, man, look at all of us that are kind of walking around holding all this shit in. And it's getting in the way of us having the lives that we really want to have. We've done pretty well for ourselves, but nonetheless, so many guys are kind of walking zombies. They're, they're, they're hiding out, they're playing small. And I think a lot of them were, you know, we were saying goodbye to some guys and realizing they'd left a lot of their gifts on the, you know, they, they didn't, they, they didn't get to give those gifts. And so I was like, this sucks. This isn't the life that I want to have. And I'm like, why isn't somebody taking these ideas that are kind of out there and, and spoken about at a high level and putting them in a language and a vibe that the rest of us can appreciate and understand. And one of my mentors was like, well, that's because it's your job. And I was like, oh my God, as wow. soon as he said it, I knew it. It was like, oh, that is my mission. <laughs> like, it, it's just like, and I, I just like, cool, let's, let's go, let's go. And in one of those weird kind of things, a lot of things fell into place. I didn't know anything about podcasting, but I was coaching some guys that were running this company that made podcasts and like, you should have your own show. And that, that company didn't last very long, but this podcast has it's been going on almost 14 years now. That's remarkable. 14 years. Yeah. And look, and you help, so you coach a lot of blokes and you coach the whole gamut from everyone from Navy SEALs to just that bloke that's really struggling to have that challenging conversation with his wife. Might even be the same bloke. But so you see them all. So my first, probably the first of many dumb questions that might be a bit, a bit difficult to answer simply or succinctly. What is the most common issue you see with men? Well, I think at the core of it is this idea of guys that have bought into, essentially, they don't know what their purpose in life is. And I, I remember early on, like, guys, you got to know your purpose. You got to know your purpose. And I was like, 
how do you know your purpose? And I realized that most of us were thought that purpose was this thing like, oh, my purpose is to, you know, cure puppy hunger or to, you know, make the sun come up on the right side of the planet. Like we couldn't figure out it was this thing and it seemed too overwhelming. Um, but most of us were living with a very clear purpose. If we looked at all of our actions, we were doing three things. We were avoiding discomfort. We were avoiding uncertainty or, you know, what seemed dangerous to us. And number three, we were avoiding anything that made us look bad. And you could look at everything that every guy that I met that was off kilt and like, just felt like things were off his entire life was what should I do so that I'm not uncomfortable? What should I do so that I don't feel uncertainty? What should I do so that I don't look like a moron or a wimp or a wuss? And I talk about this in my book, this book will make you dangerous, but essentially it's like when you start to access a deeper part of you, like, what do I want more than just always being comfortable? What do I want more than always being certain? What do I want more than always being liked and accepted and understood? We start to access that bigger part of us and that will feel dangerous. That is going to be disruptive. We will not fit in with the herd anymore, but nonetheless, that's when we start to live in greater alignment with who, with who we are. So to answer your question, the common thing I see is that we're chasing this idea of success and again, I don't have a problem with money. I don't have a problem with creature comforts, but most of us are thinking, I'm going to finally be comfortable enough one day. I'm going to be certain enough one day. I will be important enough one day. And if you look at what they're doing, all their actions are lining up with that in some way. And then they get to this place and they're like, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel fulfilling. I'm a 50 year old guy and I'm fragile. I'm afraid to go do ABC. I'm afraid to make a change over here. I'm afraid to really reveal what I'm about over in there and have these conversations. I'm a fragile. I've gotten fragile. I call them fragile rich guys. And so I'd say that that's the big challenge that we're up against is to get out of that place and start to ask those deeper questions. That's massive. That sense of fragility is not what you would associate with masculinity. And so that's, you know, that's, there's such, look, there's so much in that. And also around men, worrying about what other people think, you know, that's not just the domain of, you know, because there are a lot of conversations around women and being, um, and having those concerns, which are very real concerns, but the men have those as well. There's a, there's a lot in that. What I love about your rhetoric generally is that whole thing, like you were saying, is that we're led into this thing that says, once I'm shagging this hot chick, then I'll be happy. Once, once I get X amount of money, once I have this job, then I'm all going to be fine. And one of two things happen is that you don't get it or you do get it and you realize that wasn't the answer at all, that once you got to that point, you know, so you've got this, this real constant conversation around trying to counteract that. Now, we've got every advertiser and every self-help fuckhead and whatever else going, right, this is what you need to do and then it's gonna work. How do we counteract that? I think that it starts by just drilling into this idea that there is such a thing as exoneration. What is exoneration? So one of my coaches, Phil Stutz, calls exoneration. It's this, this belief that I'm going to reach this level where it's the car, or the job, or the girl, or the whatever, and I'll finally be exonerated from the difficulty and the uncertainty and the discomfort of life. Um, there is a place. Like that guy that I really admire, oh, he, he's, he doesn't deal with my problem. He doesn't yes. have to worry about my problem. And that guy over there, shit, man, I should be at that level. I wear the same age. He doesn't have to deal with my problem. But what we fail to see is they're dealing with their own problem. They've got their own version of it. They haven't escaped this place. So it doesn't mean that we don't 
set goals and, and want to have a different lifestyle or those types of things. But the trap is believing I'm going to finally outrun this place where I no longer have to feel uncomfortable or uncertain or have somebody kind of see me as a, as a douchebag from time to time, whatever that fear is. And I, I think that if we can start to challenge that, then we can say, well, what is it that I would want if I'm no longer chasing that finish line? If I'm no longer trying to scramble up to this place, because you got to remember, most of us have put off our life. I'll go do what really means something to me once I get here. I'll go, I'll start to take better care of my body once I get to this level. I'll start to really take care of my friendships once I get there. I'll be with my children more once we get here. We're waiting until we cross that finish line. And then we end up in a box one day and we're like, shit. <laughs> We pissed it yeah. away. And so I want to just say, look, we can, we've got to, we've got to create more alignment with what we really give a shit about today, live in alignment with that. And then we can also still be working towards the life that we ultimately want. Gee, that's just really on point advice. It just got yeah, really, really on the money for what, for the, the messages we're trying to send here. You talk about the new version of masculinity and even in your, the, the monologue or the, the preamble to your podcast, it's, you've always had this, you know, beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp, you know, what that looks like. And we've got this um, wider conversation around what new masculinity looks like, you know, and we know now that we're not our dads anymore, right? But whether it's bloke sense of identity or the way the rest of the world sees us, we're still trying to work out what that is. You know, are we going out and chopping wood and shooting fish or whatever, you know? Are we, are we that bloke now that says, yes, dear, no, dear to our wife? even though it's not in alignment with how we feel, all that sort of stuff. Is it, what is the new ideal version of masculinity and how is that different? Is that possible to even explain? I would say that the new ideal of masculinity is a trap. I'm going to wow. shoot it down right now. Here's why. <laughs> I've been in this game a long time and there's so many guys that are in this place that just tell me what to do. Just tell me who to mimic. Yeah. Right. So there's this version of success and whether it's the car or the house or the masculinity, I'll just do that. I'll go act like that. Now, there are things that are inherently masculine. There are things that are inherently feminine. I'm not denying that aspect. But what I want to help guys do, what I'm most interested in helping guys do is tap into core self. And what you might find that what's true for you may not line up with some ideal of masculinity. You may have a dick between your legs. But that doesn't mean you've got to go chop wood and kill fucking hawks with your bare hands or whatever that that stuff is. That what's more true to you and what actually is the most courageous thing you could do is just be you, even if you don't do all that tough masculine shit. So I would much rather help somebody draw that out. What's their unique thing? Who are they really when they're not trying to prove they're a man? and help them live that because that's truly dangerous. Going and mimicking what guys do, put on your flannel shirt and go do tough guy shit, it's actually pretty easy for a lot of guys to do, but it doesn't mean that it's inherently aligned with who they are. So I'm being playful here with you. I understand where you're coming from, but more importantly, I wanna help challenge guys to think for themselves. What's my version of masculinity? What does it mean for me to express myself as a masculine person, but also as a feminine person. I also embody feminine aspects as well. And that can be really confusing for some folks because again, if, if I've made it my mission in life to make sure I don't look weak, oh, I know I'll just be super fucking masculine and no one will ever think I'm weak again, right? So it turns into another trap 
where we stop asking ourselves, who am I really? What am I, what am I actually here to experience and express in this lifetime? And that can confront what we think it should look like in our head. Probably the, the, the underlying theme there is this whole, because we have a lot of conversations around diet and mental health and all the conversations we've had with every regular bloke and every celebrity, the thing we've learned is there is no one size fits all, right? There's no one size fits all to your diet and you're told do this and then you're going to have a six pack, do this. What It works for some blokes and doesn't work for others. Same with your mental health. Meditation is absolutely the answer for some and it's just other blokes try it, it just didn't work but they found their other thing it might be deadlifting it might be music it might be whatever it is they found their thing and that's the same thing it, it it certainly seems like whatever your version of masculinity is and that like you say can actually be really uh difficult and we've had a lot of conversations particularly in the afl space in australian football around vulnerability being the new version of masculinity and having the real courage to go right this is who i am i'm just me i'm happy to cry whatever else the flip side of that too is that also doesn't work for everyone some blokes are actually better being a little bit tough and finding that part of them and and whatever you know so it's quite really quite an interesting space there is still this underlying thing though trip around a lot of men hitting this demographic you know, 20-something, 30-something, 40-something, where they feel unheard, they feel isolated, they feel like they've lost their voice. Why do you think that's happened? I think from an early age, we get told, we essentially are trained to ask the question, what should I do? That becomes life. What should I do? Uh, Get good grades? Okay. Uh, Go to good school? Okay, great. Uh, Hang out with these people versus those people? Okay, great. Stay out of jail? Okay, great. Like, it just becomes, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? So we're back to this topic of self-inquiry, which is what would have me feel more alive today? What would have me feel more free? What would have me feel more connected and loving? What would have me feel more greater peace of mind? When somebody's isolated, when somebody's drained, when somebody's trapped, stuck in those places, when somebody's feeling overwhelmed, those are all indicators that they stopped paying attention to that shit years ago. They essentially put duct tape on the dashboard over those gauges that were tr- that were screaming at those lights that are like, dude, you're out of alignment. You're out of alignment. I have yet to meet a man that does not want to experience freedom. I have yet to meet a man who does not want to experience aliveness or that connection, that deep connection, that deep love, uh, knowing that he's got brothers, of knowing that he's got a woman in his life that he deeply cares for, his family. I've yet to meet somebody that wants to push away peace of mind, knowing that things are as they should be, that, that there's the rightness to things, even as he faces his own death. So what does that tell us when we're on the opposite side of those things? It means we, gave, we stopped paying attention. We took our, our eye off the ball. We started looking at things we should do instead of paying attention to what really has us feel those things. And so the work then is to tack back, A, develop awareness. Where do I feel more free? Where do I feel more alive? Where do I feel more connected to other people? Where do I feel greater peace of mind? And then start to chip away at that day after day. Not the finish line, not this once I reach this thing and I get to this, my bank account says ABC or my body fat is a certain percentage. It's daily, day by day by day by day. Most people like this idea of reaching this finish line and then they can you know, relax and kick back and not have to work anymore. But it really is this daily piece. And what that does is it challenges us to have the difficult conversations with ourselves, with our partners, with other people. It challenges us to get off our ass and go 
take better care of our bodies, to maybe not drink as much, to get to the gym, to do the things that are uncomfortable. It, it challenges us to, to get to take care of our finances because we, we have a greater peace of mind when we know that we're saving for the future, et cetera. So all the, it's not the easy path, but it will wake us up and it pulls us out of this place where we're essentially sleepwalking through life. So those, those feelings of isolation, uh, feeling trapped, feeling drained, feeling overwhelmed, feeling bored, whatever those things are, they're all indicators. They're just information that we've been sleepwalking. I'm guessing the challenges for those things have never been more important and probably never been more difficult because you talked about before about the expectation that's created all that, you know, who should I be like because this guy has money and he has no problems when that doesn't exist and we're in an Instagram world where we're going, look at this guy, you know. Um, so that's it, 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 it can make that um, idea even harder, right? Let's get real. The conversation you and I are having right now, it's a luxury. It's yeah. a luxury. Okay. My great grandfather is on Australia. He fought World War I. My grandfather was stationed in Australia, married my grandmother who lived in Perth. All right. He was a, a oh, we're probably cousins, buddy. <laughs> I, I mean, he, he and his friend, he was watching other men die. This wasn't part of the conversation to start to talk about self actualization or what do I want to experience in a life. <laughs> yes. So the problem we have with whatever some jackass is doing on Instagram, are you fucking kidding me? We are yeah. so lucky to have this conversation. What a beautiful thing. Nobody's shooting at us. Nobody's trying to drown us in a boat. So I, I love that we get to have this conversation and I want us to rise up and embrace it and be like, wow, this is fucking awesome that we get to have this conversation and we can actually be this close to self-actualization and be moving towards that instead of playing the victim. Yes, and you make a great point about having the gratitude to just know that you have the opportunity to do it because yeah. I don't reckon too many of our grandfathers holding rifles in a war were talking too much about versions of masculinity. So you're spot on. <laughs> the Dadbot Project is here to help educate and inspire Aussie blokes to reclaim their physical and mental strength. Your book is called This Book Will Make You Dangerous, maybe the greatest title in the history of literature. But I want to ask about that. I want to ask about the word dangerous because there's a bit of that sort of creeping into the conversation. And, you know, you guys like Jordan Peterson will be talking about, you know, a harmless man is not a good man. A good man is a dangerous man who keeps it under voluntary control. And just that the connotation around dangerous with women or work or whatever in a great way, that you can be really capable and dangerous and badass in a good way. What, is, what does dangerous mean? So in the context of this book, when we talk about, you know, when I talk to guys and they're like, man, Trip, I'm really ready to make a big change in my life. I want to do something. Okay, great. And we get to talking and it's like, well, you know, I haven't talked to my business partner about ABC. We've got an operating agreement. It doesn't really work. And I and my wife, I haven't talked to her. This, this thing is really bothering. So we just kind of keep brushing it under the rug. And uh, this other thing, my kids, you know, this guy, one kid's smoking weed and he's not, I'm not saying anything about it. Blah, I'm going to do this and we'll do that. And I'm like, great. Well, cool. Let's pick one. Let's do one this week. I mean, really? Like, wow, really? It's like in, in this modern world, instead of tracers flying over our heads, it's conversations that feel dangerous. Yeah. What might happen if I take a step back financially? That feels dangerous. What might happen if I were to invest in myself to make this change, to learn a new skill so I can change careers midlife? That's what feels dangerous. What might people think of me? If I come out and I say, hey, I'm really into ABC now and I don't want to be doing X, Y, Z anymore. I want to go in this direction. That's what feels dangerous. So I, I, 
I throw this out there because so many of us are thinking that it's, <laughs> I know guys that would rather be in combat or rather go huck themselves over a 20 foot wave than have these difficult conversations or have somebody look at them and think they're, they're being a wuss. But nonetheless, those are the things holding them back in life. Those are the things that are keeping them stuck in this small way of living. And so I use this word dangerous because when they see it and they, they hold it up to themselves and say, that's what's holding me back, that conversation, learning a new skill, being afraid of what my brother might say to me, wow, I can't believe that I'm allowing that to be such a big deal. But nonetheless, when we drill down over and over again, those are the things that we're allowing ourselves to believe are really dangerous. Those are the monsters under the bed. Mm. Look, they are, and I'm sure you've met a lot of guys that are quite happy to kill hawks with their bare hands, like you say, but are not, that are just scared shitless about having that conversation or having that realisation that are worried about what people think of them. And, you know, it's, it's um, yeah, geez, there's a lot in that. I was just reading something the other day. I think it was Dave Kalama, the the big wave surfer. And he was like, we wouldn't wear flotation back in the days. We were surfing Jaws because we were, somebody would call you a sissy. So they'd rather drown than be called a sissy. And nowadays everybody wears flotation. And guess what? Everybody gets to go home and hang out with their family that night. So it's like, it's like, you see this mentality. It's like, really, which one's more strong here? Which yeah. one's more strong? The one that's the one that's like, I want to go home and be with my family or the one that's like, I better make sure nobody thinks I'm, I'm a wuss. Like, come on, really? What are you in fourth grade? So yeah. it's, it's just like, it's like, let's wake up. What are the things that have you playing small? Good reminders because we're all doing it a little bit. Yeah, we're all posturing, right? Myself included, I, I, I do this. Like it's, it's not that we ever outrun this and we're done, but it is great to be able to hold up their mind and say, where am I doing this? Where am I falling into this trap? What's the... What's the monster under the bed today? Let me, let me talk to him directly. Let me work with this directly instead of acting like he's not there. And that's, that's probably what it is to be really tough, isn't it? To face the things that are most challenging or, or most dangerous. When, if I'm a guy, I'm struggling with one of these things today, what's one thing I can do today or you can do today or the bloke listening here today that's very simple that can just maybe push them in that direction at least a little bit. Okay. Two parts. And I go over this in the, in the book, this book will make you dangerous, but if you really, if, here's the thing, if you kind of just take a minute to be quiet and think of your biggest complaint right now, like your biggest complaint for today. Uh, I feel stuck. I feel trapped. I feel drained by ABC. Uh, I'm tired of feeling alone. Uh, I'm tired of feeling bored, tired of feeling overwhelmed. So for each one of those things, if I'm feeling tr trapped, that tells me I want to feel free. Okay. What could I do today to experience greater freedom, greater flexibility, whatever it might be? And you might find that it's like, well, I couldn't do that because I'd have to ask for help with this thing, or I'd have to make this proposal, or I have to make this request. You start to see where you're choosing it. You're choosing it because you don't want to do the thing that's uncomfortable. So what would I do today to have me feel more free? What would I do today to feel more alive? I'm so bored out of my mind. When was the last time I felt something that had me juiced up and, and had me fired up about something? Oh, that'd be a pain in the ass to go and you know, line up a camping weekend with my buddies or whatever the thing is. But I, I, these small little things that we can start to do on a daily basis to orient towards freedom, aliveness, love, or peace of mind. If you start to chip away at that and you start to overcome those little obstacles, you will build momentum. And you'll also start to be able to, to, put, to essentially filter out the things that you allow into your life that keep you stuck and trapped, drained, isolated, or bored, or overwhelmed.
brilliant advice and um, take the time to do it. Like a lot of things, you know, it's, um, it's the, a three the, minute exercise. It's a three minute yeah, exercise. But it's, it's, it's still about that. The important versus urgent, isn't it? It's so important yet. It doesn't have to be, you know, done right away. So really appreciate it, mate. What happens now? Are you going into, you go to, you coach clients the rest of the afternoon or what's, what happens for you? What's a regular day, mate? So I take a week off from coaching every week and that that's what's happening this week. Okay. And so essentially I write or create stuff or hang out with my daughter, just picked her up from school. Okay. So how old, how her. old is your daughter? She's 11. Okay. So my daughter was 12 yesterday, mate. So, um, so I get it and look, and that's, that's another podcast into, uh, <laughs> into just how, you know, that I'm a single dad of a couple of kids. So like, it, it's interesting to, as a parent to, I find as a parent, I'm a little bit reactive now for the first time. I was always proactive. I felt ahead of the game. But because I'm just dealing with something that, you know, and it's not bad. No one's yelling at one another. But the preteen phenomenon is very real. And so, like, it's interesting to just be, um, to just sort of have to watch what happens and go, fuck, what do I do next? You know, like, I'm, I'm feeling that for the first time with a, with a teenage daughter. Me too. I'm so yeah. grateful that I, that my wife is somebody who has studied this, you know, her background is in developmental psychology and she's a therapist. And there's just days where I look at her, I'm like, <laughs> what do we do? Like, what am I doing here? I don't know. And, and it's, it's great. And, you know, we have an agreement whenever you're, we start to feel like we're heading into the ditch or, you know, getting stuck and stuff. we just get help. Like we stop trying, we don't pretend to try and figure it out ourselves. And so there's so many resources and so many folks that are out there. It's like, I'd spend that money to get my car fixed, to get my muffler fixed. Why wouldn't I reach out to a professional to help me navigate this, this terrain? And I think if you just kind of switch over and it's like, yeah, if I had a pipe that was busted, fuck yeah, I'd get this taken care of. This is my daughter's life. This is our relationship. Why wouldn't I, do, yeah. why wouldn't I lean on, lean on a professional, somebody that does this every day? So. hundred percent. Like, gee, that's a big one. And here's the other big one under that. The fact that you and I are having this conversation. And we talk about this a lot, particularly Aussie blokes don't share what they're going through and don't have that problem. Like you were saying, you've got this guy, whether it's the guy on Instagram or whatever, going, he doesn't have these problems. The fact that you know someone like yourself is having that issue, the same as me, I'm already half better, right? Because I, so, so suddenly I'm not taking it personally. And this is the biggest thing about the way men need to deal with each other better now is just to go, fuck, you know, let that guard down. I'm not tough necessarily or i fuck this up or whatever it is or my life isn't perfect i'm not in control of this i'm having a challenging time with my daughter or my ex-wife or whatever it is half the time that bloke's gonna fuck me too this is what happened to me you're like geez okay well then this at least it, it doesn't solve the problem but at least i can accept this is part of the course for this stage in the life cycle now what do i do yeah and i think a big part of this is you know being seen as weak Right. And actually, if you look at evolutionary biology, it makes a lot of sense. The, the, the ones that were weak in the group when we were covered in fucking hair and throwing shit at each other, like it, it, those, they were killed. Like you, they were cast out. Okay. So it makes sense. It's not just a, a human thing. It makes sense to be fucking terrified to be the weakest one in the group. Okay. Yeah. So there's typically two responses when we feel a challenge. One is the posture, which is what you're describing. I've got it all together. I don't have anything wrong. Look how much money I got. Look at the car. Look at the house. Look at the fucking my chick, like whatever. Like I've got my stuff together. I'm dialed in. But the other part that we're afraid of is the collapse. And it's that wallowing part. It's the poor me. Oh, I'm, I, I'm helpless. And again, that that's not really what's true for us. What's true is I can be in composure and I can be sad. 
I can be in this place where it's like, fuck, I'm pissed or fuck, I'm really sad. And I don't have to lose myself. I'm not, I don't have to wallow in that place and like a, like a, like a young child might, but a young child doesn't have the wherewithal to deal with that stuff. So, you know, when, when you understand that there's daylight between this wallowing, losing yourself in that emotion and that ability to actually just be with it and be like, wow, I'm really fucking sad or I'm really angry or I'm really horny, like whatever the truth is that we can't be with that's composure. And that's actually inspiring to be with. That's actually like, damn, this, this guy's being real and he's still here. He didn't disappear. So I would just say, I, I find that most of us, we just don't see that modeled. We don't, we don't, we don't get to see that model. It's always tough guy, or it's, it's somebody on the ground that, that lost it all. That's the big fear is that we're going to be that little boy again. So anyway, I, I, I think that that that's helpful to come back and be like, no, you can, you can still be in that place and be like, I'm still here and I'm fucking sad. Yeah. Well, let's start modeling it, mate. Yeah. yeah and it absolutely. can be fun. Like this work doesn't have to be a fucking drag. It doesn't have to be, you know, yeah. the downer. It's so serious. It's like, it, to me, it's like, if you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong, you know? So it's a real privilege to have you as part of this conversation, mate. Cause like I said, you've been doing this for a long, long time. And uh, as I said, this was really worth getting up at 4.30 AM for trip. Thank you for joining us <laughs> on the dad bod project podcast. Trip is the new man podcast. This book will make you dangerous. He's also a men's coach, brother. Really appreciate it, mate. I'm going to reach out to you again, and I'm really wrapped to have this conversation with you. Real privilege. Hey, I'm, I'm really excited for what you guys are doing. I've coached quite a few guys from Australia. I've got a, got a lot of love and got still have family down there. So, uh, you know, anything I can do to support you guys, let me know, please. Good on you, mate. We'll chat soon. All right. Much love, guys. Take care.